0: Welcome to the Carol Tuttle Child Whisperer Show. For the next hour, be prepared to be blown away as Carol shares some amazing tips and how-tos that are guaranteed to revolutionize your parenting experience. Each week, Carol brings her creative, hands-on approach to parenting using the unique model of child whispering. Her vast knowledge of natural healing methods and her passion and drive to help you become the best parent you can be. Carol is the mother of five grown children who all turned out to be pretty amazing people and are now becoming parents of their own, giving Carol the chance to become an even better grandparent. Welcome to today's show.
1: Good morning. Welcome to the Child Whisperer Show. It's good to be with you today. And I hope you're taking advantage of all the wonderful recorded shows that we have in our archives. You can find those also on iTunes. Just go, if you're a Mac user, have iPads, iPods, you can go to iTunes and do a search for Carol Tuttle. The show will come up and you can actually subscribe to it. So every time your phone or you sync your um, equipment, it will get downloaded. It's a great way to get the weekly content of each show. We've also got uh, great support at thechildwhisper.com. We have a community forum just starting to really blossom there. It's um, new. We invite you to join the conversations at thechildwhisper.com. You'll also find a selection, a collection, I should say, of videos called How to Profile Babies, Childrens, and Teens. There's a 29 videos in the collection, and you'll be able to see how I interact with parents and what I see in children. You'll see the movement. And as you watch all 29 videos, you're going to start to be discerning on your own of the quality of the movement of the four types. We've got the fun-loving child, type one, the sensitive child, type two, the Determined Child Type 3, and the More Serious Child, which is the Type 4 child. We'd also invite you to join us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash whisperer. Now, I love today's topic because it's something that I've had to deal with in my life, and I think in our culture at large it's a concern because there's more. The, The topic for today's show is five ways to prevent child obesity or turn it around. And I'm going to talk about this in general today, not specific to the types. The so next week, I'm going to actually talk about each of the four types and how to support them in eating healthy. So this week, I'm just going to give an overall look at why are we dealing with this, how have we created it, and then how can we create well-being and really great health starting from childhood and how uh, we're influencing what we don't want in our children and uh, we can shift that and teach them really great tools for good health and well-being. And as things have shifted in our culture, even from when I was a child. More than ever, we have the convenience of food. And the more convenient a food is, unless it's an apple or a banana, uh, the more convenient it is in regards to fast food and processed foods, pro- you could say the, the more unhealthy it is for you the faster it can be prepared, unless it, again, is a fresh produce that you're eating raw. But if it's a, it has multiple ingredients in it and it's back, you know, really being promoted as something that's fast and convenient, most likely it's not going to be healthy for you. So we live in a whole different food culture than we ever have. And it's really important to get educated because what you don't know is hurting you and hurting your children. Because more than ever they're putting things in foods additives, preservatives so that they have longer shelf lives that they have more convenient um abilities to be prepared and so it's you know really smart for you as a parent to get educated in the world of food. I consider myself educated i have it's been a requirement to get well um I've mentioned before that I've dealt with depression and some mental health conditions. And diet has been a big reason I've been able to turn that around. And I don't talk about my diet a lot, but I've decided I'm going to more because I think it's really important that people get educated because your food is such a part of your well-being. And so I'm going to share today a little bit about my story and what my choices are now. And then the five tips are going to just be general in speaking to help you get on that path of good, really getting educated in the world of food. And food is such a fun experience. I love food. I'm a foodie. People that are really take, that are interested in food as an art, an expression, a creative activity. And as a type three, that's not um, such a surprise because cooking is a project. And so I've loved cooking from the earliest days of my childhood. When I was, I can remember when I was in grade school, I would come home from school, and what rather than watch cartoons or afternoon TV, I would flip through cookbooks I was drawn to them. I loved looking at cookbooks that had pictures because I wanted to see how the pro the end result looked. What did that recipe look like when it was done? And I started to venture into the kitchen on my own. My mom my mom's a great cook. She's very simple. She's a type 2, so she's someone that always made food very comfortable for us. I can remember when we were little, she'd have a nice meal prepared. She'd set a nice table, the details that she'd considered. And then she would not, she was uncomfortable with us putting the milk carton on the table. She would want it in a pitcher or something. That was a detail for her, and that completely makes sense to me. Now, why my mom was going to such effort with all those details and presenting a nice meal, she didn't like the milk carton. She'd pour it into a nice glass or ceramic pitcher, and that would be put on the table. And I always appreciate my mom for that. She's always been very good at cooking comfortable, yummy food in her type 2 way. And so in my type 3 way, I started to really love working in the, you know, trying new projects in the kitchen, following a recipe, seeing how it turned out. And my mom was pretty cool with that because she never spot me. And I got to be pretty successful in that, right? you know, at an early age. So I got more responsibility and more opportunity to be expressive in the kitchen. And in those days, there weren't as many options. You know, maybe the most... I can remember from my childhood probably one of the most, what I would consider, unhealthier of um, a, a food product that wasn't really, it would not fit into my diet and my choices that today was. We had grilled cheese and bologna sandwiches every Sunday afternoon. And I probably wouldn't, I'm not eating bologna. I might do it um, for reminiscence, but you know what, I bet I would. it wouldn't taste the same to me today. So in today's world, we have a lot more options, and in those options, we are it's really important to be educated. So as time went on, and as I've had to deal with more health conditions and more mental health conditions, I was someone that was really drawn to getting educated about food and cleaning up my diet. And in the last five years, I've been a great advocate of that for myself, and so currently, I'm... I'm not hardcore. I'm not, um, it's not like I can't have any of these things or they're going to make me really sick. But my preference is, and I'm probably 90% of the time, I eat a gluten-free, dairy-free, sugar-free, and pretty much chocolate-free diet. Because in each of those, there's there's side effects that I deal with that are not supportive to my health and well-being. I feel better. I function better. I maintain better mental physical health when I eat a gluten-free, sugar-free, dairy-free, and pretty much chocolate-free because I do have a piece of chocolate every now and then. But in the world of gluten, um, that's become a a scenario, you know, that's really become a really strong um, consideration for people because when you start to learn about how they've affected our food chain and our food supply with GMOs, which is genetically modified organisms, Um, they're affecting how plants are grown and how food is produced at a molecular level. It's not compatible to our biology. And so gluten is a much, there's from... The material I've been introduced to and studied, they're gluten has a much stronger presence in gluten products. And for those of you that aren't familiar with what gluten is, gluten comes from wheat. Anything that's a wheat-based product is has gluten in it. And dairy, uh, unless you're drinking raw milk, you know, and it's sort of, it's really, we can get that here in Utah. We have a source for that, and it's really clean, healthy milk. Because of the homogenation and the pasteurization, it's altering the the original quality of the milk. It can be highly inflammatory in our bodies. And inflammation is what really is an underlying cause of a lot of disease. Inflammation is like the... In any disease condition, you'll probably find inflammatory um, side effects. And then in my choice to be sugar-free... There are a lot of natural sweeteners that I can play with and have fun with, like coconut palm sugar, stevia. Um, Those are two primary natural sugars that have a low glycemic index. Now, glycemic index is basically the level of sugars in a food and how fast they make your blood sugar rise. The lower the glycemic index on a food the more it stabilizes your blood sugar. So you don't have these big blood sugar swings. So children tend to eat a lot of foods with high glycemic index. fruit juices. Even though you might consider fruit juice healthy, it's got a high glycemic. Even though the sugars are natural, it's a very high, high glycemic index. And so I'll look at uh, the labels. And I prefer to eat foods that have sugar contents in the single digits. It would be interesting for you to start reading labels. And that's my number one tip. Start reading, You know, these come in no particular order. It's not like, oh, most important tip. I have five tips. But start reading labels. Notice the sugar contents in the foods you're giving your children because you're going to introduce at an early age their palate for what degree of sugar that they prefer. And if they're introduced to lots of fruit juices and things that have a, even if they're natural, they have a higher um, quality, quality of sweetness they're going to have a preference for needing sweetness in their diet. Now that I've been off sugar for quite a while, when I eat something with pure white cane sugar in it, boy, it doesn't take a whole lot for me. I mean, it's so sweet. It's so incredibly sweet. I know I don't have a palate for it anymore. It And it takes a very small amount to even satisfy me. Because coconut palm sugar has a much lower glycemic index. And you can even get I found a source for brown sugar. I do not remember the name of it. I found it on Amazon. I do a lot of my food buying of these specialty products on Amazon. And because I have an Amazon Prime account, and I don't have to pay for shipping. And I can, you can pretty much find anything on Amazon. So there is a source of a brown sugar that comes from a tree in, I think, South Africa. But it is pure brown sugar. It's a natural source to brown sugar, where the brown sugar you buy at the store is basically processed white sugar that they've added a quality of a molasses to. And so I try to find the most natural uh, um, source for sweeteners. And so what what is, so how many grams, and it's in grams, so you can look on any product and see it's got the labels on it and see the sugar grams. And try and stick, give your children foods that have a single digits, around six to nine. And you're going to be surprised. How high sugars can be, especially in processed cereals. You know that's a you know oatmeal is such a great product. It's filling, it's substantial, and the sugar contents are low. Now, if you're putting a bunch of sugar on it, that's going to swing it. So I'll also use agave. That's probably my. i you've got ma- natural maple syrup, agave, and honey. Those have higher glycemic indexes, but if you use them in small quantities to maybe, you know, we're going to sweeten your oatmeal a little bit, that's going to keep it in the lower range. So read your food labels and where are the sugar contents? Because what happens is with children in obesity, if they're introduced to sweeter foods, they have a palate for that and refined carbohydrates, processed carbohydrates. Those have higher glycemic indexes, higher sugar contents, they're going to be drawn to that. That's going to be their their appetite will be, you know, kind of dialed into that. And so all of a sudden they're, they're not going to feel satisfied unless they have that higher sweetness. And you don't want that because that will create uh, obesity. The body will, it, it's affecting our... Um, the I can't think of it right now. The hormones that that are influencing our fat content. So our bodies know what to do when given the proper fuel. Now another tip is, and I just this is an interesting. I, I eat meat. I do eat I do eat meat, but I eat grass, really clean meat. I buy my meat from a local producer of grass fed. You know, it's hormone-free. It's clean meat. These are happy cows out on the pasture. So I'm when I eat meat, it, my preference is to eat very clean protein. So I'm not adding additional hormones into my body because the hormones that are given the given to the cows is that they grow faster and produce more bulk, more meat on their on their bodies. We will ingest those hormones we eat that and that affects our hormone balance and so that's throwing off our systems and so children are being affected by that so how clean is your protein again you do well i buy in bulk like i'll buy a quarter of um a beef and i'll freeze it so that brings the numbers down because yeah you you will pay more for cleaner food but the thing is, you don't, when you're eating cleaner food, you don't seem to want, you need less of it. Your body's satisfied much earlier. You don't need as much food. And so your quantities go down. I buy from Canyon Meadows Ranch. Now, if you go on, wherever you live in the world, I've asked, you know, I don't know about outside the United States, but a great website that I love is called Local harvest.org. They list all your local farming, ranching, um, dairy, you know, goat goat farms. They have listings for your area. That introduced me when I went on that website. It introduced me to a system called community shared agriculture (CSA). I'd never heard of this. So, okay, my number two tip is try and keep. Your food free of hormones and what they're doing to, and GMOs and things that they're doing to affect how food is created, because that's affecting our bodies, which creates then obesity. So the third tip is more produce. Now I'm a big fan of green smoothies. Many of you know about Greensmoothiegirl.com. She's in our local area. She's a colleague of mine. I know her personally. She's a great advocate for education, educating people into getting healthy through diet. Now, I love green smoothies because I can put into my first meal of the day lots of greens so I know I've satisfied my, my my the. if I didn't eat another green that day, I'd be okay. So I don't have to try and consume lots of salads and fresh veggies. I get it all in the morning, but, of course, then I do often have more during the day. But I know I've given myself my daily requirement. Now, my green, in my green smoothie world, this is how it looks. I'll pour a little bit of – I'll put in some frozen fruit, maybe some strawberries, blueberries, raspberries. Then I'll add almond milk or a coconut almond milk mixture that you buy. I love almond milk. I love coconut milk. I buy the ones with the lower calories, the – unsweetened, the ones that are the most natural. Uh, Then I'll add two cups, three cups of spinach, probably about two cups of spinach. I add a scoop of a really clean um, protein powder that I buy from a network marketing company called Forever Green. I love their their chocolate protein powder. It's really clean and really great quality. And then I'll add, we use a product called Athletic Greens. And this is like superfood. This is like uh, just it has everything in it that's going to be really supportive to your body. And I'll take a tablespoon, one serving of that is a tablespoon, and I'll put that in the green smoothie, the Athletic Greens. And then I'll add maybe some flaxseed, maybe I'll add a little bit of local honey that I've bought, some fresh honey that's from a local uh, bee. Hot, you know, height. Uh, I don't know what they call. It beehiver (laughs) local beehive. And I'll mix that all up, and that's my green smoothie. And it's low in sugars. It's high in fiber. It's high in my greens. And I take care of that for the day. And mine, I like the taste of them. I don't know why. See, it's interesting to me that people see a green drink, and they think it looks pretty disgusting. But that can be, you know, to see something so full of color, to me, it's like, wow, there's a lot of, the more the color of a food, the stronger the color, the more it is, the more light is in it. So to me, that's just a glass full of life. And I love my green smoothies. That's a daily regimen for me. And I might complement that with some gluten-free bread. Trader Joe's has great gluten-free bread. Udi's is a great gr- gluten-free product. It's really easy to find great gluten-free products. And I'll compliment that maybe with a small bowl of oatmeal. That's how I get my day going. And that really works for me. So get more greens in your children's diet. How are you doing that? You can add grated zucchini to their spaghetti sauce. You can you can sneak greens in a lot of places. Sauces and omelets. Um but you the younger you introduce them to this, the the more they have a preference for it. Now, we try on the childwhisper.com or on the Facebook Child Whisper page. We're posting some healthy options for you know, we're trying to put up there some great choices for your kids when it comes to diet, so it's fun for them too and it's enjoyable for them to get involved. Teach them how to make their own green smoothie. Now, help. You know, if you're to sit sit down as a family and say, you know, we're going to clean our diet up, and this is what it looks like. How are we going to do it? Now they're involved. The more you just try to dictate to them, this what you have to do, the less interested, the least, in, they just don't have the interest. And now they be- feel like they're being forced. But if you're to educate them, so education, educate your children. What's a good diet? Help them start learning about it. Really, st- you know, I taught my children as I raised them about food choices the child that t- really went with it and ran with it was ann you know she's taken what i gave her and gone to a whole other level so that's my fourth tip educate your children don't just provide them the food get them involved educate get them involved in the process help them figure it out with you what do we need to do here how great is our diet you know don't change anything and just start reading labels Counting calories, you know. Looking at what are we consuming as a family? Let's take a look at that. Let's first evaluate what we're doing now. Uh, you know, if your kids are three and four, you can have these conversations there. You can interact with them first. Evaluate your current. Well, how you doing? You know, rate yourself on a scale from one to ten, ten being the best, one being not very good. You know, how many, how much fresh produce do you have in your day? What kind of sugar content, you know? How often are you going to fast foods? Because the more you visit fast foods, there's healthy choices more at that, but I'm pretty sure there, you know, there's some preservatives involved in those foods so that they have longer shelf life. So just look at what you're currently doing, evaluate it, and get your family involved in making that change. Help give them, for those kids that love to get online to learn about things, got a child, maybe they know how to use the iPad, I have a great app for looking at the glycemic index of foods. Look, have some, give someone that job. I want you to find an app that looks up, that gives us the glycemic index of foods. And it's the higher they are, the more chance we are for obesity. The higher on the glycemic index, the more uh, potentially you have to gain weight. So get your children involved. I'm going to go back to my third tip with get more vegetables in their diet. Find out on localharvest.org if there is a CSA in your community, Community Shared Agriculture. We belong to one that's um, based in Draper, Utah. There's many in Utah. And they actually have a year-round CSA. And we have a membership. She has a spring share, summer share, fall share, then a win then a year round. And we pay so many, so much money to be a member. They have limited shares because their farm can only produce a certain amount of food, so they know how many shares they can provide. And so every week we're being supplied with locally grown, fresh, organic produce in season, straight from the farm. This is going to be the most nutrient-rich, pure, healthy, live food you can get because it's right there from farm to table. And I love supporting my local farmers. In our year-round share, she provides, she is kind of a co-op where she gathers products, and they're not all produce. It could be some organic Uh, grass-fed beef, it could be some honey. This week we got some beef, we got some uh, fresh-pressed cider, we got some lettuce, some locally produced cheese, cheddar cheese. So you have to know that the orange that you see in cheddar cheese is a color additive, real, clean, fresh, organic, Cheddar cheese is not orange. It's white. Because it doesn't have the the color additive. And so get in get involved with your local farming and get into a CSA. There's also a a group called Bountiful Baskets. They're in several states. And you can Google all this. You're going to have to just write notes and Google what I'm telling you unless I give you the just Google bountiful baskets. They do have um, an organic option where you get produce, organic produce in a more bulk form, and they they're kind of like the dollar store when it comes to food. The dollar stores pick up extra merchandise, you know, that's overstocked, or it's like overstock.com. It's in the food world; they're getting ex- the excess and then they're distributing it at pickup points by getting you have to join Bountiful Baskets. I don't, I don't know if there's a membership fee for that or not. I don't think so, but you just go and pay. Anyway, you can look it up, find out the details. I personally haven't participated in that because I don't need the quantities because it's just my husband and I in our household. But for you with a family, children at home, that might be a good option for you. And There could be something similar to that in your community, that you can get involved in to get more organic produce at a lower price. Now, my number, the fifth tip is how do you talk about your weight, your bodies, and what are your children hearing you say? Do they? Do you have a belief that you're fat? Do you talk about being fat? You know, maybe, maybe you are overweight, but as long as you keep focusing on that, the more you're going to create what you don't want. And so change your language. Stop talking about how you don't love your body or you wish you were thinner or and don't tell your children, don't eat that, you're going to get fat. How do you talk about it? Are you programming them to be obese, to be overweight, to have food issues and struggle with food their whole lives you know i i that was my story. That's what I experienced. My mom was always worried about her weight, always. Am I as big as that woman? Am I as large as her? You know, she made me look at another woman and say, "Am I as big as her? Yeah, I don't she didn't like get real heavy duty on that you shouldn't eat that. You're gonna get fat, but when I hit high school, I had an eating disorder, and I just you know i'm I'm still fine tuning my relationship with food so that my body tells me when I'm hungry, I give it healthy, satisfying food in response. And it's not such a crazy world of having to count everything and monitor everything. My body regulates my food consumption and I maintain a healthy weight. And I'm still fine-tuning that. It's been many, many years of having to undo that, that programming that I took on, those really crazy habits that I developed in my teen years. And my emotional self was so tied into food. And I, I recommend you become a member of the Carol Tuttle Healing Center if you've got some f- emotional issues with food some false, and limited programming with food and diet and your body. I've got some great clearing sessions, m- multiple clearing sessions and great support on the Carol Tuttle Healing Center that you can find at caroltuttle.com. I also have a great CD called Clearing the Issues, Emotional Issues That Are Keeping You Fat. And that can be found at caroltuttle.com as well. So really look at that. What are you programming and setting your children up with how you talk about food, how you talk about your body, their body, their relationship with food? What are you afraid of? What are you setting them up for? By your references in that whole area, the emotional side of eating, our perceptions of what is acceptable, you know, that, I talk about that a lot in the dressing your truth world this whole this whole misconception of what beauty is based on this idea of skinny. so get into that, look at what you're creating with your children so those are my five tips for today to help prevent and turn around uh you I've just introduced to you I've just shared with you that I am someone that's i consider myself i don't know if I consider myself an expert in this area but I'm well. I this has been my own personal interest for my own well being to get healthy, to get well. So I'm just sharing with you what's worked for me. And there I'm sure many of you listening that know a lot more than I do. I just introduced some basic concepts. And again, you're going there's levels of getting into this. My daughter Ann, has gone to she's got more involved than I am. And that's her personal interest. He's got a love for learning there. I, being a type 3 and who I am, I do enough so that it works. I get, really, I get great results. I approach it with more practicality. I'm not an extremist, and I don't believe that everyone should. I believe there's some basic components that we'll all benefit from, but I don't insist that people have, you know, there's balance in all things. I don't insist that people, you need to, you know, we can go too far with things. Balance is a good thing. You know, I I was at, I was in Los Cabos, Mexico for the last five days. We got stuck at the airport for three hours. I needed to eat. My options were Subway, Carl's Jr., or Sparrow. Well, the only one that offered me something gluten-free was the six-pound gluten, the low-carb six-pound, six, what do they call that, oh, six-pound, whatever. it's Pretty big meat patty though, so really my only option was to get this Carl's Jr. burger wrapped in lettuce. But what I did was only eat half the patty and ate all the produce side of it. And I got some natural cut French fries and I didn't eat all of them. I ate about half. And I have a diet coke once in a while. See, so I'm not like, I'm I moderation is a good thing, but I know when my body can handle it and I'm learning to really listen to my body to know when it's too much. And as you raise your children, you can teach them how to listen to their bodies because their needs may look a little different than yours and they're going to have cycles of needs. As you know, when children are small and they're in their infancy and toddler, they'll have times they eat more and times they eat less because they are having growing spurts. And so really... Learning to listen to, this will be this is my bonus tip, learning to listen to our own bodies, but you've got to clean up your diet, and you've got to get into a state of pretty good health so that your body has the ability to communicate to you. And that's bit more in a feeling place that it communicates. You get a sense of intuitively and through your sense of feeling whether or not it would be correct for you to eat something and or to what, how much to consume. And I'm really an advocate for developing that for myself. And you could wouldn't that be amazing to teach your child or raise a child to listen to their bodies and their body's needs. That'd be awesome. I invite you to, to be someone that does that. But you've got to clean things up a bit so that there's opportunity for the communication to come through more clearly. Well, I'm going to open up the show now for any callers. If you have a question or a story to share in support of today's topic or in support of anything that's in the Child Whisper world, I invite you to call in at 347 677 1963. I will be taking live callers for the next 20, 20 minutes. Um, I'll pick the last caller up with about 10 minutes left in the show. I've got a caller right now from 801-369. You're live on the show.
2: Hi, Carol. This is Lori Kay. How are you today?
1: Hi, Lori K. I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing great and getting better all
2: the time. I love this topic of today's show. <laughs> I want to hear it. I love it. I
1: want to point <laughs> out what you said. Lori <laughs> Kay is type one, which is your nature to say this, but I love it. I'm doing great and getting better all the time
2: um okay i have i have um questions um i have several different children or children of different types um but i've seen a pattern in some of my children as far as weight um goes and i believe that some of it may be generational um yeah i don't know if that's something you get into here but my my main concern is for one of my children, she's seven, she's a type two, and she came when she was born, she was almost 11 pounds, and she was two weeks early, and I didn't have gestational diabetes or she's a very, very full, large, young lady, and okay. um, she continues even in school. Her favorite thing at the end of the day is what they had for lunch, et cetera. So my question is more of I'm really impressed with Anne being a Type Two, and I know how, or I've heard how Type Twos can really um, gravitate or enjoy experiences with food.
1: Right, especially that with tends others. to be. Yeah, they have strong connections with food. I I may have shared my mother, who's 81, her childhood memories have a food um, somehow they're connected to something yummy to eat and and she has strong connections with just the comfort of food the pleasure of food and so your daughter is right on with having that connection with food so that's not a, you know that's a good thing and it's, an, it's like it's just okay that she has that
2: so uh, my question is how do we or how do I um, help her experience the pleasure of some foods that maybe she it hasn't really, you know? She, I think she enjoys a piece of pie or a candy bar, probably a little sure. bit more than she does a salad. Um, right. And I'm trying to help her. Is is
1: there? Um, is she? I what's what I her like? Matter. If you were to say, is she overweight?
2: Um, yeah, she's a, she is um, about four feet tall and weighs almost a hundred pounds.
1: So, I don't know. I mean, if you were yeah, if she, she were to be at a healthy weight, what would that be?
2: Um, uh, I would guess probably uh, about um, sixty five to seventy
1: pounds. You know, and you might you know, I do feel kinesiology muscle testing is um I've never been a strong component of it in the emotional world because it's so variable, but in the physical world, like you could muscle test to see um what her body's healthy weight is. Okay, so okay. there's a point of reference. So you could actually with her muscle test, is she motivated to want that for herself?
2: It's not something I've addressed with her in my caution of creating issues. You know, I have several family members who really deal at a deep emotional level with their weight, even when they're healthy. And I, sure. I'm i hesitant to bring it up as an issue that would have her question anything. It's not something we've discussed with her necessarily. We do discuss food choices. We discuss um, how is your tummy feeling? Is it... Full. We don't you know, we only want to give our body what it needs. Um those are some yeah. terms that we use, but I haven't discussed with her that she may want to be a different weight than what she is.
1: Well I so it's like well, yeah, that's where that's that's all you know, you're gonna create what you don't want because now you're you're she's so young to like right, have that conversation. Anything, see, physical, I didn't even talk today about, and I'll do this next week, about physical activity. And that's where children don't have the physical activity they used to, you know, because there's so much in the world of technology that keeps the child still, you know, video games, iPads, you know, there's just TV. And so to what what kind of, if on your own, you can help increase your physical activity. And that's, again, make it a family opportunity rather than single out one child say, you know, this is a year we can get healthier. So let's really look at what we're choosing here and do it more as a family. And uh, cause you can even make games and opportunities for success within a family system to say, you know, and if we do this as a family this week and we're really good at reading our labels and, and making healthy choices, drinking more water... Um, we're going to go do something fun. This is our reward for our efforts, you know. So a lot of it is educating. And then you do the side of the family stuff, you know. She's just imprinted what's come down in through the family that her body may be carrying as an emotional imprint. But that's your job more Mm -hmm. as your parent to to take care of really clearing that programming. And she'll be the benefactor of it. So anytime you notice it and you feel any sadness or any kind of um, charged emotion by perceiving her in that way or knowing that that's something that she's now, she's experiencing, own it as your own. That's your inner child that never felt the freedom to change things. Because I would work more, because she's so young, she's going to get all the benefit of your emotional healing. See, I wouldn't get her so involved in that. If you do that, she'll receive it. Because that oh my something that's us. so hopeful.
0: And hopeful.
2: That's am- that's just so amazing and what a wonderful tool. And I just feel so honored and blessed that that's a possibility. Cause that's not that's not what you know, traditional therapy or people have you know, I've heard throughout my life. It's you feel with yeah. your own issues or whatever. Well, part and
1: of yours, because so I, I know that. I know Lori Kay. Lori Kay is actually the moderator of our type one child whisper Facebook group and knowing you I can say one of your reasons for just saying, Okay, I'm just gonna say how I'm seeing it to hell with it. I'm gonna eat whatever I want. <laughs> because <laughs> you grew up in so much containment as a type one. See? <laughs> You were so, you weren't allowed to be your true self. So this is the part of you, your inner child, you know, that's probably just saying, I'm going to do whatever I want. Because, again, and that's where you need to help that part of you, your inner child that has that kind of, this is the only way I feel any, it's kind of like a, a choice that creates some sense of balance. Because it's like, man, because your inner child is still running the I can't be my true self, so it's not like it used to. You created a lot of freedom for that inner child, but that that's just where that came from. It's like diets and all that can feel like just one more thing you have to be restrained by. See, so that every time that comes up, that's the little girl in you feeling that. Not your adult self wants... And is very capable and wants to make healthy choices with food, get fit, get healthy, have a you know your body look great. But the inner child, that's what what flares up is like. Don't do this to me now. I'm restricted again. But so you've got to go in and meet that part of you and say, okay, I, what is that inner child feeling? That inner child's feeling restricted. You know, feel. You know, that's what you want to work with. So that the inner child now is free. So that there's no, that your choices with food don't have anything to do with your inner child. your your adult self-making great choices. And have you ever used the healing center and all the clearings on there? I have a bunch of them. Have you ever used that? I have used it. I haven't used all the clearings because, as you said, there's a bunch of them. Well, there's a a group of five or six that are specific to weight, body, and all this stuff. There's several that are very okay. specific to this. That you, I would get, I get a membership and really dedicate some, um, really do that because it's showing up. Whatever's showing up is ready to work. It says, um, it's ready to be worked with.
2: And could she be running some of that from me? Could that be part
1: oh, yeah. of? Oh yeah. She's your seven. You, she's your inner child and you don't want to do to her see what happened to you so you're really hesitant to lay down all these rules about eating which i think is smart but it's like okay what is she mirroring for you what is she showing to you that 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 she can't be um she can't have you can't have what you want which is a healthy fit body mm-hmm. you know you're just stuck in this family programming it's you know we just the we're fat people And you've talked really about that, that that's in the family system. There's, you know, that it is a pattern. There's a lot of family members that are overweight, that are just like, well, we're fat people. So, yeah, that's just, she's a, and she, <laughs> she inherited that. And so you're going to have more power to shift it to free her out from working with her and her doing it because you're one generation up. Thank you. Yeah, it's a gift. it's a gift to your child. It's highly motivating. Because you want to you know, it's like, wow, I don't want my child to be like trapped in this um this programming that this our family she's part of this family system. So that's a real motivator for you to do it, you know. But do it for yourself first. She just then receives the benefit of it.
2: So and she may
1: she may, and it's interesting, because when you make a choice like this, she may then do some things that are really going to push your buttons, see. Which is good, because you want it to come up. It's not fun. <laughs> it doesn't feel good. But you really want stuff to come up. <laughs> well, thank you for reminding me of
2: that, because I'm not, I'm not a proponent usually for things that aren't as fun. So it's
0: good to have I that know.
2: reminder.
1: Yeah. Oh. Well. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Carol. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you. I have time for one more caller at 347- 677-1963. Our lines are open right now. I'd love for you to call in. and At the Carol Tuttle Healing Center, it's an online system where I recorded multiple, multiple healing sessions that you then it's a membership site. You join. You get a membership. I recommend You can get a three-day trial to check it out, but I highly recommend that you join it for at least three months. And every week, commit to do three to four sessions with yourself. They don't take long. You know, we're talking fifteen minutes of the. But just like you were coming to see me in person, set it up in your schedule that you're going to do a session. Make it a formal commitment. You're going to have really. You're going to see really big changes in your life in three months if you'll make that commitment to do weekly sessions using this great resource. So I've got um, another caller, 801-647. You're live on the show.
2: Hi, Carol. How are you today? I'm good. What's your name? It's Tammy. Hi, Tammy. Um, I had a question about my son. Uh, He's a type 3, and um, he's 5 years old. And um, in your book and that, and when you talk, uh, you talk about how the type threes are ones that are supposed to like results and be adventurous and self-motivated. And what I'm running into is there are days that he doesn't want to do much of anything. He doesn't want to get dressed in the morning. And it's a challenge to get him going. It's, you know, he doesn't want to do his chores or... How old um, is he? He's five. He just turned five.
1: And what type are you?
2: I'm a type 1.
1: Okay. So. And so. Is it so the I same routine every day, pretty much? Is he faced with the same routine every day?
2: Mostly. Um, there are the days that he has preschool, and that's earlier in the day. And so we get, you know, that's at least someplace we have to be by a certain time. And sure. then the does he enjoy that? Yes, he loves that. Okay,
1: okay. so he's getting out because he likes getting out. That's really important. He's getting out, change of environment. My sense is the routine is too much the same every day. And he doesn't feel like he's got options. We get tired of doing the same thing. It gets boring. Okay. You know, type 3s need to be able to mix it up. Yeah, and you being a type 1, that shouldn't be too hard. You shouldn't be well, doing the same thing every day either. <laughs> Unlike you were trained to. You know, <laughs> it was instilled in you.
2: Yeah, well, one of my things is that I I do like to get up and get going and and get started with the day, you know, get laundry started, get breakfast done, get, you know, get moving with my chores and things like that. Yeah, but
1: every day you're five years old and you're faced with getting up and having to work like that. It's not very, uh, it's like, you can you get up (laughs) and go watch cartoons for 45 minutes, you know what I'm saying, do something fun, interesting.
2: Yeah. See, yeah, it's like he everything you have that. to
1: get up and get met with. Okay, you got to do your jobs. I don't know. If, I don't think I'd want to get up either. <laughs> yeah,
2: usually Same in the thing, morning.
1: It's just, it, it's not, it's not it's like, oh, here we go again. Uh-huh. Mom telling me i got to get all this stuff done.
2: Yeah. Well, and I've tried doing, um, well, first in the morning he usually does watch cartoons while I exercise. And okay. then... And then um, I I thought, you know, he has even told me, you're always telling me what to do.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's what he's around. tired of, you telling him <laughs> what to do. So what if you just said, here's three things, or here's five things. You get to pick three of them. Here's five things. Choose three. And here's the timer. We're going to set it for whatever time would be reasonable. You have all that time. You decide what you're going to do when, but do they all have to be done before the timer ends? Your choice. You do it.
2: Well, and some of the time I've used the timer
1: or I've done counting. No, but you're still telling him. See, the difference is he's getting to pick which of the three or two out of a selection. It's his choice now. He can decide if he needs all 45 minutes or not. See, you're going to give him more time than he needs. Uh Uh-huh. Then you say, and if you get it done... Faster, then you're going to be able to go do this. Then you get to pick mm-hmm. from these fun things to do. Yeah. I really think he's he's telling you the problem. I'm tired of you telling me what to do. It's like yeah. nagging.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: Well, and I, I tried making a chart this last week where it has one side of things to do and the other yeah, side of things. But everything you're telling me, yeah. you've
1: done it all. See, you didn't say... Well, I had him make a chart. I asked him how he wanted to approach it. You've done every everything you said you have tried. You just did it and again told him, "This is what we're doing." Okay. Okay. See, so those are all yeah. creative options, but you're still doing it the same way by doing it yourself and then telling him, "This is what we're doing." The problem is you telling him what you're doing all the time. <laughs> and he doesn't have any choice. It's like, yeah. I feel so powerless in this arrangement. So the Type 3s so, need to feel their own independence for choosing what they do, you know, to a certain degree. And are they able to create enough structure to get the things
2: done that they need to do?
1: If they're really motivated to get something done, there's no problem getting it done. I'm one of the greatest doers in the world. Uh-huh. <laughs> So He's, so he, even, you know, yeah again but see that's interesting that you're talking you don't talk like a type 1 because you're 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 just worried about structure you're concerned about you know so that's been heavy if you're truly a type 1 you've been heavily trained to have to live this way because it's not true to your nature to have to operate with so much structure
0: mm-hmm.
1: And so maybe he also is mirroring for you that he's tired, that you're tired of having to run your show the way you are. But it's very classic that type 1 children were taught to be contrary to their nature with the belief if you're not more structured, you're irresponsible. That responsible, there's this whole overtone of responsible is getting things done in a very structured manner. That's not what responsible means. I have a great video that came out last month on my blog. I don't know the video that one of my support people that are listening knows. She'll probably put, I'm going to ask Kathy to put it in the copy for this particular radio post on the Child Whisperer blog, which will be up in the next couple of days. So you can go there to the blog, the Child Whisperer blog at childwhisperer.com. I had a video with a type 1 woman. And we talked about what does responsible mean. And she had taken on this whole belief system that responsible was actually the opposite of who she was. So I invited her to write up what responsible meant in her world as a type one, her own responsible true to her nature. And it's really interesting to watch because everything she was told to do was very opposite of who she is. And she had she was just losing her passion for life, and as she wrote her own idea of responsible, she knew she'd make a greater contribution to the world because she'd op- she'd move through life more true to herself so it's a great reference because responsible has nothing to do with getting things done in a certain way what it ha- what we talked about was what responsible mean is that what what you say, you're respons- what you commit to, you're responsible for. There's not a specific way for that to look. Okay. But in our world, we've created that perception that there is.
0: Hmm.
1: <clears throat> so he's giving you, he's already, just like I say in the child whisper, he's already told you what the problem is. Stop telling me what to do. So okay. get him involved.
2: And he, he and and I'll see his
1: motivation to
2: take care of the things that, that Well you seem take. to Compared not believe like in learning that that's chores possible.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you more you give him more awe it's like, see there's this I better control this because if I don't he won't how much motivation does he have now? It can't get a whole lot worse.
2: <laughs> so yeah, it's worth well, a try.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. And I
2: mean, ultimately, I needed...
1: what if one day of the week, what if nothing happened? What if you didn't do any of that?
2: Well, and there are days that a lot of it doesn't, that it doesn't.
1: And is that okay?
2: Well, I guess I feel like I am I have responsibility trying to teach there, see. him. See? Yeah. I mean, I yeah, feel like you... a child needs to learn how to do chores or needs to learn how to you know, do homework or, you know, learn. Well, consider the possibility and what early. I teach
1: in the child whisper, when given permission to operate true to our nature and we're doing things that we find engaging and interesting, we want all that. Every human being wants to develop and grow and learn. We don't instill this in children. We raise them so it's a natural byproduct. So what he, what you're doing is, parenting him contrary to his nature, he's resistant and now you think you have to somehow instill this in him. A child naturally is motivated when parented true to their nature. So read the type 3 section again. Be really open that it's my parenting that's creating this, not my child. It's my parenting. Okay. Okay. Hey, thanks for calling in. I really appreciate it. Okay. Thanks, everyone, for being on the show today. And next week, I'm going to go more into um, some diet and fitness suggestions for each of the four types. Now, if you're a member of the Dressing Your Truth community, join us Thursday night this week. We're actually talking about the same topic uh, from many, many requests to do this. We are going to talk about fitness choices and food choices for each of the four types at Thursday nights, club night, tune in live, 7 p.m. Mountain Time. Love to have you with us here live at our space in Lehigh. Come join us in person. If you've never been, you'll love it. We have limited seating. We can seat about 100 women, so make sure you get here early, and it's awesome to be here in person, and it's awesome to join us online. And if you haven't checked out Dressing Your Truth yet, go to dressingyourtruth.com and you're going to love getting yourself involved in that program. It's so honoring of your femininity. Thanks for joining me today. I'll talk to you next week.
0: For more information on Carol's revolutionary Child Whisperer Parenting System, go to www.thechildwhisperer.com where you can learn more about purchasing her groundbreaking parenting book, The Child Whisperer. That's www.thechildwhisperer.com To submit questions to Carol Tuttle's Child Whisperer show, email your questions to parenting at liveyourtruth.com That's parenting at liveyourtruth.com Thank you for being a part of today's show.